the Tag Digital Squadcast. Hello and welcome to the Squadcast, a podcast by Tag Digital that aims to keep you up to date with the latest developments in event PPC marketing. I'm Johnny, a member of the paid social team here at Tag. And I'm Jamie, part of the paid search team. And together we make up one of the many squads that work on the event PPC campaigns here at Tag Digital. In this week's instalment of the Squadcast, Johnny and I will break down all you need to know about exhibitor promotion or XPROM campaigns, including a few tips, tricks and best practices. Ready to get started? For sure. Let's get stuck in. So we touched upon XPROM campaigns a little bit in last week's episode, but it's probably worth mentioning again that there are quite a few differences that we need to take into consideration when planning and managing an XPROM campaign compared to VizProm. The main one being projecting a target CPA. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to setting a target CPA for an XPROM campaign, we can almost assume that on average, this will probably be about three times higher than that of VizProm, for example. So if we look at the UK events industry benchmark for VizProm CPA, it comes in at just under £7 for free reg events, that is. Uh, However, the UK average for an XPROM campaign currently sits at £39.99. Obviously, these figures are averages, and each client we work with kind of differs slightly. Um, However, I would definitely agree that as a general rule of thumb, we would expect the CPA to be much higher for XPROM compared to VizProM, and it's important that we always consider this when we are planning budgets and managing client expectations. Yeah, and I would say that there are a few reasons why CPA tends to be higher for XPROM. First of all, XPROM is a much more considered conversion. We're often asking businesses to part with quite a significant sum of money to book a stand. Because of this, it takes a lot longer for a user to convert, and we often see a much higher drop-off rate, which leads to an overall increase in CPA. It's crucial to remember here, though, that XPROM conversions are of high value to event promoters, meaning that a higher CPA is relative to how qualified the leads are. We can assume that if a user has taken a longer period of time to convert, then it's likely that they are heavily invested in their decision and therefore of higher value. You know, that's really interesting and it's got me thinking. I know we mentioned in last week's podcast, on average, 50% of free reg visitors' uh, PPC conversions are unlikely to attend the actual event. How does that translate in terms of XPROM? Is the drop-off rate the same? Good question. So I'd say that when we get the feedback from our clients, uh, on average, they often see a 10% lead to sale ratio from the conversions generated from XPROM PPC activity. Now, this may sound quite low. However, when you take the average order value into consideration, I feel it justifies the higher CPA. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. So for example, if we were to generate one XPROM conversion at a CPA of say £36, which leads to an exhibitor booking a stand package of around two grand. This will be worth more than six VizProm conversions for a free reg event at a CPA of six pounds. Even though you've spent the same but generate fewer conversions compared to VizProm, it's important to take into consideration the value of each conversion. Absolutely. It's always important that you apply that context or look at it from the client's perspective. The Tag Digital Squadcast. So when do you think is the ideal time to be starting to think about running XPROM activity? 
Well, because these leads take longer to nurture and convert, there's no real limit to as to how far out from the event you can start your XPROM campaign. However, I'd recommend probably no later than 30 weeks out. If we're looking at something like VizProm, we'd always recommend no earlier than 16 weeks, but no later than 12 weeks um, in order to maximise conversions as efficiently as possible, really. But for XPROM, you should essentially start thinking about starting activity for the following year as soon as the current year's VizProm activity is actually finished. This is because this is when your leads are probably at their hottest and exhibitors will want to start thinking about getting a good stand position for next year already. So um, now is a really good time to actually start thinking about running promotions or incentives or loyalty bonuses um, to try and retarget those um, those uh, previous exhibitors. Now, there's one thing I'm quite curious to hear about from a social perspective. When looking at XPROM and VizProm campaigns in Google Ads, they almost look identical in terms of the overall strategy. For example, both follow the same funnel approach, the same kind of ad types, um, all those sorts of things. But I'm aware that there are certain strategies and elements that you can introduce across social channels that work really well for XPROM that perhaps wouldn't have the same effect for VizProm. Is that correct? Yeah, so I think I hinted at this um, in the last episode. This is the the secret trick or, or the, the tip that I wanted to discuss this episode so that is lead generation campaigns um, so lead gen campaigns they're a perfect example of a campaign type that work really really well for xprom um, but aren't really tailored towards vizprom now to be honest it's almost like lead gen campaigns were built with xprom in mind um, they're my secret weapon for xprom campaigns on social um, that just did work really really well um, they're perfect for getting leads for exhibitors, sponsors, and speakers as well, to be honest. Um, for anybody that hasn't run a lead generation campaign before, they're a type of campaign where we can create a lead gen form that runs within the platform where we're running our ads. Um, so that's Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, when a user clicks on one of our ads, the form window then pops up um, and that's just ready to be completed on the platform then. Now, a lot of the fields can actually populate with information taken from that user's profile on either Facebook or LinkedIn. So for example, it might auto fill in um, the first name, the surname, email, telephone number, um, if it's on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well, it can bring in like company information. So the, um, the company name for sure pulls in across both and then you can also get the sector and um, and things like that so it works really well for xprom um, and because it all auto fills or automatically populates um, it's really easy for the user to then fill out the form quickly and it cuts out quite a lot of the the steps and the time taken so we've seen some really high completion rates because of how easy it is for them to be filled in um, so we can then either download the leads from the platform. So that would just download in, I think it's a CSV file, and then you can have a look at it in Excel. Or we can link up a CRM um, to Facebook or to LinkedIn and then feed the leads straight into there when they do come in. Now, I know that you can't run lead gem forms across search, Jamie. So how would you approach X from from there? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so whilst we can't run lead gen campaigns the same as on paid social, like you say, generating leads is obviously still a significant part of XPROM campaigns um, across paid search. 
So rather than generating leads from a platform, we would run our ads and direct traffic to a form on a landing page, um, either directly on the client's site or through an external platform. So one of our favorite platforms that we use um, is Unbounce. However, there are plenty of great alternatives out there. So just do a wee bit of research and find what suits you best. Um, in terms of the actual campaign setup and delivery, it's very similar to Visprom. The keywords are kind of always similar, if not the same, um, especially from a kind of obviously branded and bottom of the funnel perspective. Um, but the key difference is where um, we come to writing the ad copy. It needs to really focus on the objective of the campaign. So if we're running ads to attract exhibitors, for example, it's great to mention the number of attendees expected or the percentage of attendees that actually have buying power. Um, previous exhibitor testimonials work really well here too. So if a potential exhibitor can see black and white proof within our ad copy that they'll be guaranteed business from exhibiting, it makes the journey to conversion that tiny bit easier. Um, if a campaign is aimed at bringing in general sponsors or perhaps sponsors for some speaker sessions, then highlighting the size of speaker session audiences could also be the way to go here. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also worth remembering that once we have the leads, whether that be from the inbuilt forms on social or the website forms that we push traffic to from search, we can then create some really effective remarketing lists. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'd say that remarketing activity is definitely an essential part of any successful XPROM campaign, and it can be used in so many ways. Um, I've, I'll touch on a few here. So as standard, we would usually remarket on a typical cookie-based level. So that's just re-engaging with users who have previously visited the exhibitor section of an event web page, but they've yet to fill in the lead form. So that's our kind of standard. We run that across all XPROM campaigns. Um, however, um, what I think works really well, so um, we can also make great use of first-party data if the client has a list of any hot leads or hot leads that they'd like to chase up or exhibitor data from previous years that they'd like to target perhaps with tailored messaging like I spoke of before maybe try to entice these people back for another year of uh, exhibiting with a loyalty discount code things like that um, I find this kind of use of custom data to be really effective kind of more so with XPROM than with VizProm So now that we've covered the different types of campaigns that we'd run for XPROM activity, as well as how it differs from VizProm, I think it's worthwhile discussing what individual elements we can add to make sure that an XPROM campaign is as successful as possible. Um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up really was communication. So communication is key for all campaigns, but for XPROM campaigns in particular, I think it's important to work with the sales team to understand the quality of the leads that we're getting, whether that be from paid social um, or from Google. Um, certain channels work better for some industries than others, and for some campaigns than others. It might just it might not just be industry specific. It might just be campaign specific or brand specific. Um, so we need to continuously check to make sure that the lead quality is high and then we can adapt our strategy accordingly. If we check and can see that the leads from search, for example, are of better quality, then we can move more budget towards Google or Bing, um, Microsoft ads, apologies. Um, and yeah, we can move budget there and then hopefully that will um, 
bring in higher quality leads. I think when we're planning the campaigns, it's great to understand the sales team conversion rate and the average order value as well. So this will allow us to get a more accurate CPA for the media plan um, in the planning stage. And it gives us an indication of whether the CPA that we put forward will lead to a profitable campaign. Um, I think if if we're putting a CPA that's too high um, and we don't have a grasp of the conversion rate once these leads are getting to the sales team and we don't quite understand the average order value and how much a conversion is worth, um, chances are we won't put the right CPA down in the media plan and then that might affect our judgment calls during the campaign as well. So it's important to have that communication in the planning stage of the campaign. I think my final point on what makes a successful Exprom campaign would be understanding the overall target from the brand, um, from the organiser. It really helps to know how many exhibitors a client is aiming for and in particular, what percentage of these exhibitors are to come from paid campaigns. So if the PPC activity, for example, is bringing in the majority of exhibitor leads, then we may lean more heavily on remarketing to data, um, maybe from previous events, um, remarketing to past exhibitors or, or past speakers, if, you're, if it's a speaker's campaign, something like that. Um, so we might lean on that remarketing. On the other hand, if we're looking for new data only from the paid campaigns, then we may adjust the channels slightly and the audiences as well for the campaigns so that they match the objective that you're going for. All valid points, I would say. I think it's also crucial that we understand exactly what the user intent behind each search is and match this with the ad copy that we're serving. As mentioned previously, the keywords for Visprom and Xprom are incredibly similar, if not the same at times. However, just because these keywords are the same, it doesn't mean the intent behind them each time they're used is the exact same. So by tailoring our ad copy towards Xprom, we're signaling to Google or Bing, um, the search engine results really, that we are currently looking for exhibitors and that we want potential exhibitors to take action on our page. By assigning the appropriate conversion action to our automated bidding strategy across search and social, we can also allow machine-based learning to optimise ad placements and auction performance to show ads to users who are likely to carry out these exhibitor conversions, making best use of media spend also. So in order for us to be most effective, we need to ensure that we're not overlapping Visprom and Xprom. We don't really want to be seen as double-serving by Google, especially because that's a, a massive kind of black mark against your name. But it will also confuse the machine-based learning that I just talked about and limit the performance because it will just confuse the system and the, the automation won't work properly. So once Visprom starts, the only Xprom campaigns that can run at the same time really is anything that involves remarketing-based activity. So I think that just about wraps us up for uh, this episode of the Squadcast. Um, before we go, I just want to really highlight the main thing that I think works best for Xprom campaigns. And I know I've mentioned it earlier on in the episode, but I, I just want to drill it home again or or talk about it again. And that is lead gen campaigns. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm slightly biased being from the paid social team. And I know it's something that we can't really do across search. Um, but when it comes to Xprom campaigns, 
on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Um, and when I say Facebook, obviously I include Instagram in that. Um, the lead gen campaigns, the trends we're seeing is that it's just bringing CPAs down so much. Um, so leads are costing less. And in fact, the quality of the leads um, has been surprisingly good in terms of Facebook. Usually we'd expect to have stronger lead quality across LinkedIn. Um, but more recently, we've been seeing some really strong leads come in from Facebook and from Instagram as well, depending on the industry. Um, so I think that's the one thing I wanted to highlight is if we're going to uh, run an Xprom campaign and paid social is part of what we're, we're going to be using, then lead gen campaigns are probably the way to go to, to bring in some good quality leads in a cost-effective way. Um, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, Jamie, or if you've got anything else to highlight. Yeah, so obviously I'm slightly jealous of uh, how kind of forward-thinking the kind of social platforms are when it comes to uh, lead gen, but uh, there are, there are you know, Google is making sort of progress with that. So something that I'm quite excited to try, it's currently in beta, in beta um, and we are currently trying to kind of talk to Google to get access to it is um, lead gen ads for YouTube. So this is a completely new format that's, like I say, still in beta. Um, but I think, you know, you know, if we've seen this exact same trends that we see across Facebook and LinkedIn for lead gen performance, I think it's something that, you know, it should work really, really well just by maybe remarketing to previous exhibitors, making it a lot easier for them to, you know, make that conversion to to exhibit next year just by getting their most of browsing YouTube, things like that. But um yeah, I think there's still a, a lot to 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 go to work on, I guess, from a Google perspective in terms of making it easier to generate leads. But um that's one thing I would probably would like to, or that's one thing I'm excited about, I guess, is to try these new lead gen um, YouTube ads when they are released. Yeah, and I think with the um, lead gen forms that are being introduced on YouTube, obviously Google, when the vast majority of people are logged into Google Chrome um, as their browser, so obviously they've Google ha do have access to first name, surname, and email address. So that part of the the autofill is going to be fine. Um, obviously, Chrome's got its own autofill um, kind of function, so that should pull through really well when the YouTube formats are up and running. So we'll have to keep our eye on that one. So that brings us to the end of this week's instalment of the Squadcast. We hope you've enjoyed exploring the world of XProm with us and hopefully you now have a greater understanding of all the individual elements that make these campaigns different to any other events-based PPC activity. If you're looking for more events, PPC insights and updates, be sure to check out last week's episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss next week's episode. Speaking of next week, what have we got planned? Now, you've probably guessed already, uh even if you are not a rocket scientist. But next week, we will be taking a closer look at VizProm campaigns and discussing the best strategies that can be used to maximise visitor attendance at events. Brilliant. So remember, if you have any questions about anything that Johnny or I have discussed, then feel free to drop us an email at either jamie at tagdigital.co.uk or johnny at tagdigital.co.uk 
or alternatively, get in touch via our website at tagdigital.co.uk. See you next week. See you then. Adios.